Christmas time. Every year at Christmas, I have to, well, I get to write the annual Christmas letter from the Nelsons. And as I write that letter, I sometimes tell a story of our year, and you know, you all get those letters, right? Three or four of them a day in the mail. Some of them, you know, everybody brags about everything their kid did and the grades that they're getting and how many vacations they went on, and I don't like to read those. <laughs> not, not that I'm jealous, although I mean, it might be a little bit, but you know, I mean, it's just, if it's more than a page, I'm sorry, I ain't reading it. And if it's too small a print that I can't read with my eyes and i got to put glasses on, I'm probably not going to read it either. <laughs> Sorry. Well, a long time ago, we started sending these cards out. And, um, you know, when I go to write this letter, I read the old ones, and I came across some pictures. And so I just want to show you some of the pictures that we've thrown in our cards over the years. Most of you have had a picture like this. <laughs> one kid not at all happy about Christmas or Santa, and the other one excited as can be. Sorry, Isabel. <laughs> I just couldn't resist. One year we had puppies, and so yeah, that's what we got. Oh, it's an Oz. Everybody was so excited about our Christmas card that year because it was about puppies and kids. And then there's just us. I like that picture. And then, oh, here's another one. There's more puppies. Yeah, if you don't know, we raise puppies. Yeah, we have puppies here. Oh. Then one year, um, we got a Harley. <laughs> and we scared kids with this card. So we don't send those out anymore. <laughs> and there's a poem with it, but I'm not going to read you the poem either. And as I was talking with my wife about this, I said, do you remember? You, a lot of you ought to remember this, but some of you might not know this. There used to be this thing called an answering machine. It wasn't a voicemail on your cell phone. It was an actual machine that had a cassette tape in it that you taped the recording on. And you could change that recording. And then people would call your house and they would leave you a message. I found the cassette tape. My wife found the cassette tape. Does anybody have a cassette recorder that you can actually play these on? We found like three of them in the church here. They didn't work. <laughs> Randy's got one, yeah. Well, I found a lady in town that's got one. And she can like reproduce these things. So, I'm going to have these guys play for you this audio of our, of our answering machine that actually went viral. When people from the place of work that Jody and I were at heard it on our answering machine, they called our house and over the loudspeaker of the entire corporation played this song. Na, 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 na. 
forget your Christmas spirit. La 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 la. I, I spared you that I did not have to sing that in front of all of you. That was kind of a fun thing. And lest we forget, a couple of years ago, we had this boy hanging around our house, and last year he got invited to Christmas dinner even, because he was going to be a part of our family, and now he's in, and they're married, and that's our family today. Well, last year, but Mitch got invited to Christmas dinner last year, and helped us cut the tree down, and now you're in, Mitch. But as I was writing this annual Christmas letter, uh, I tend to get more nostalgic and mellow and contemplative, and maybe I'm a little more like my dad. And as I was writing that letter this year, the word that came to my mind was wonder. I wonder. We all wonder about lots of things, right? Like, you wonder, what will life be like next year? What will my life be like in 2019? Do you wonder that? What changes are going to come? Where are you going to be? Maybe a change in work, change in environment, uh, different schooling. I'm not sure what God is bringing your way, but I wonder about those things. Maybe there's some kids here that are wondering what is underneath the Christmas tree for them with their name on it. I wonder what I'm getting for Christmas. I don't really wonder that anymore because I know what I'm getting. And that's okay. <laughs> it's not about that. Some of you are thinking, I wonder when my new grandchild will arrive. You know, I was in a group text with a bunch of my buddies and they're talking about grandkids and revealing, you know, gender of kids. You know, they do all these parties and those kinds of things. I realized I need new friends. Because <laughs> all my friends are getting old and their grandparents are talking about grandkids. I, I'm not that old. I don't have grandkids. I, I don't know. I need new friends. I wonder what those friends will be like. Maybe some of you are wondering, who's going to be the new lead pastor at Gateway Church next year? I wonder about that as well. Today I want to challenge you to look at the world in these next couple of days through the eyes of wonder. But let me remind, let me remind you, wonder is not worry. I don't want you to worry about what next year is going to bring. I want you to wonder Wonder is a sense of anticipation. Like, what's going to happen? Worry is shrouded in fear. Anticipation is a feeling of excitement. Like, like what is next? I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. That's the wonder that I'm talking about. And as you think about wonder and anticipation, I want you to look at some pieces of the Christmas story. And we're going to start here in Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. 
Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Do you think that Mary wondered about those words? You have found favor with God. See, she knew the Old Testament characters where David was described as a man after God's own heart. Certainly she wasn't King David. And she knew the story of Noah. And it was told about Noah that Noah found grace in the eyes of our Lord. And I think she wondered, am I on that level? Are they going to write stories about me? That God would favor me? I wonder. Moving on to verse 31, it says, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Wonder. You think Mary wondered at the possibility of having a baby? When the angel left, what went through Mary's mind? Maybe timing. Like, did he tell her it's going to happen now? Or did she wonder, is this going to happen years later in my life? After I'm married? I wonder. I wonder if she thought, who can I tell? Who do I tell? When the angel Gabriel shows up and tells you that you're with child... Do you think she went to her mom and said, Mom, look what happened. Who could she tell? Do you think she had questions for her mom like, what is pregnancy like? I think the biggest question she probably had was, God, why did you choose me? God, why did you choose me? Why did you call me favored? Why did you choose this poor Jewish obscure girl to carry the God of the world? When you read Scripture, do you just read it for the story? Or do you read it to apply it to your life? Because if you just read these stories and just go, hey, I wonder what happened, you're missing it. Because the Bible is for us today. So I'm going to read you passages of Scripture today, and we're going to talk about wonder, but I'm going to turn it back on you, and I'm going to turn it back on me, and I'm going to say I wonder about this part of the story and how it speaks to me today. So today, I want to challenge you with this. God chose Mary for a specific task. 
for a specific plan that he has. God chose you today for a specific plan. He has a task for you in your life. Since the foundation of the world, God chose you. He formed you. He had a plan for your life. Just like he did for Mary. Do you believe it? You better believe it. That's what I'm talking about. When you read the scriptures, don't just go, wow, look at what God planned for Mary. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. Do you wonder what that plan is for your life? I challenge you to, with anticipation, look forward to that plan that God has for you. It doesn't matter your age. It's still the same. All right, let's go to another passage in Scripture, another part of the story. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. You want to know who she told? She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth is her aunt. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt, leaped, leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. There's a lot in that story. There's a lot of part of that part of the story. Both women, both women wondered about their pregnancies. Do pregnant women wonder? <laughs> I don't know. I've never been pregnant, but I'm sure that pregnant women wonder. Like, is it going to be a boy or a girl? These, these ladies both knew it was going to be a boy. They actually knew the name that they are supposed to give to that kid. But did they wonder what his eye color was going to be? What his hair color would give me? If he'd have hair or no hair? Women wonder about those babies that they hold inside of them throughout that entire pregnancy. You see, if you go back in, earlier in Luke chapter 1, Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, is a priest. And when the angel Gabriel came to him and told him that his wife was going to have a baby... He didn't believe. He's like, well, uh, how can that be? And because of his unbelief, because they were both old, because they had never had children, he was smitten with an, the ability to not speak. He couldn't speak until that child was born and named. So when Elizabeth says to Mary, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Same angel Gabriel visited Mary that visited Elizabeth. One believed, the other questioned. So let's turn it to yourself today.
How do you respond to the voice of God? Is it weird to you if someone says, God spoke or God revealed himself to me? Do you kind of go, ah, that's a little weird. Not so sure about that. Do you believe he speaks today? Does he speak through his word? Absolutely. When God speaks, our responsibility is to believe. Don't question. Believe. Don't ask for a sign. That's what Zachariah did, you know, he asked for a sign. He got the sign. (laughs) Careful what you ask for. I think God's speaking to some of you today. Listen. Listen to his voice. Let's go to another story in this great story that we read all the time at Christmas time. Let's look at what these people wondered about. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son, and when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. They were sad that she had not had children her whole life, and they were excited that she was going to have a baby. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him after his dad, Zechariah, after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. <laughs> what? <laughs> they exclaimed. There is no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted them to name them. They didn't have sign language back then, Clyde. It's kind of like when you and I try to talk, you know, and I don't know sign language, and we use gestures. At least you have a cell phone, and you can text it to me, and I can, I can answer you. <laughs> so he asked his father. He motioned for a writing tablet. They didn't have a cell phone. They just had a writing tablet. And to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. And instantly, he could speak. And he began praising God. I wonder. I think they wondered how it was possible for them to have a child and then what would become of his life. You know this John, right? This John that we're talking about is John the Baptist. The one who paved the way for Jesus. The one who baptized Jesus. That's the John that we're talking about here. So let me ask you this question. When you turn this around and personalize this scripture, awe fell upon the whole neighborhood and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who had heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will the child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. What are the dreams your parents had for you. Did they ever share them with you? 
Did they scare you? Did you live up to them? Was it too much for you? What are the dreams that you have for your kids? As a parent, I want the very best for my kids. I see them as a person full of potential and a bright future in front of them. How does God see us? He calls us his children. We are joint heirs with Jesus, brothers and sisters in Christ. He desires good gifts and good things for our futures. When was the last time you prayed and asked God, God, what are your dreams for me? Do we ever do that? Or do we just dream for ourselves what we want, what we like, where we see ourselves, and, and we try to attain those dreams? Do we ever put God into those dreams? What do you think God would say if you asked him, what are your dreams for me? Do you think his dreams for us are wrapped in things we can touch and see? Or are his dreams for us beyond this world and somehow tied to an eternity with him? Let me ask you that question again. Do you think his dreams for us are wrapped in things we can touch and see? Or are his dreams for us beyond this world and somehow tied to an eternity with him? I think it's the latter. If we could only see the dreams that God has for us. Don't just limit it to here on earth. Let's look at another part of this story. Luke chapter 2, verse 15 through 20. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she wondered. And she thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. The wonder of the shepherd's story I wonder, why did God choose shepherds to welcome the baby? Shepherds were not the highest class citizen. <laughs> Matter of fact, when we were in Iraq recently, we were going to a picnic. And on the hillsides are these old rock walls. You can kind of see these stone walls that probably dictated where people's land started and stopped. And amongst those, up in the hillside, you saw shepherds with sheep all over the hillside. 
I can't imagine the life that they live. It's pretty hot there. It's kind of stinky following sheep around. They certainly weren't the wealthy class of the society. So why did God choose them? To reveal himself to the world. I don't know. But I'm going to turn it around and point it to us. Sometimes God does things that do not make sense to us. Like why reveal to the shepherds? Why not somebody way more powerful or more influential? Wouldn't it make sense to reveal yourself to the Roman government who could then portray it to the whole known world? Why go to shepherds who had no influence outside of the three or four other guys that (laughs) they were hanging out with? And then I turn that around and I say, why does he allow imperfect men like me to stand in front of you and deliver his word? And I can't answer that one either. But he does. Let's go to another story. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 33. At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Wow, what a great promise. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. Interesting. I wonder if he knew. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required... Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents wondered. They were amazed at what was being said about him. Just like God revealed himself to these shepherds, he also revealed himself to someone on the other end of the spectrum in the Jewish culture. The shepherds who lived in the country probably smelled like sheep and campfires. Simeon lived in the city, had access to the temple, and according to scriptures was seen as righteous and devout. I wonder. I know this. God doesn't care how you look, the type of clothes you wear, your socioeconomic status, how you are seen in society. He puts us all on the same plane. He puts us all on the same plane and he's willing to reveal himself to you and to me. There's nothing different. God created all of us with a plan and a desire and a dream. Well, I threw this question out on my Facebook page four or five days ago just to see and hear what I would get from people, not necessarily just from church. Okay? So I had people answer who are churchy people, 
and people who are not churchy people, which is fun. And I said, I wonder, what do you wonder about the Christmas story? Here are some of the things that they said. Was the sky that lit up by the angels visible from a long way off? I don't know. I wondered. But then I thought, when Paul saw the great light and heard the voice, I don't think anybody else around him saw the light or heard the voice. So maybe not. Somebody else asked, why did an all-powerful God choose to deliver his message through a poor, humble Jewish family? And were they special in some sort of way? I don't know. Somebody else said, Emmanuel, the reality of God with us. They wonder how that can be. Somebody said, talking to angels and knowing they're angels and not freaking out. Like, when Gabriel showed up, did Mary go, hi, Gabriel, how are you today? How could she even talk to him? But she did. The angels talked to him. Zechariah talked to him. I don't know if I would be, I don't know. Would you even recognize him? I wonder. Somebody asked, and, and they're a little more deeper thinking, they said, was the star set in motion from creation? Hmm. Did the creator of the universe, the guy who was going to come and die on the cross here, did he also set that star in motion at creation? One lady said, how does a nine-month pregnant lady make that journey? <laughs> the guy didn't ask that. A lady asked that. Somebody else said, how could Jesus leave the throne and become an embryo? An embryo. Somebody else said, how did Mary, being young and unwed and a virgin, how did all those things look in her day, in her culture, in her town? I wonder today what people will do with this information. The information that I've laid out for you that God has a plan for your life. That God speaks to us just like he spoke to them. And I'm not going to tell you how or when or where because God's a creative God. But he does speak to us. I wonder if God has revealed his dreams to you and if you're, going to, if you're willing to follow them. Are you willing to follow God's dreams for your life? And I wonder if he revealed himself to you and to me how you would respond to him. Because I think God reveals himself to each one of us. And it's our opportunity, it's our responsibility to respond back. In all the other world religions, they tell a narrative of a mankind reaching up to a God in fear. There's no support from that God. There's no protection from that God. There's no help from that God. There's no approval from that God. There is nothing but pity and fear of wrath. But the God that we serve, the one true God, the God of the universe, reached down to us. 
became like one of us on our level and paid the price for our inadequacy. Jesus came to heal and restore, not to establish a kingdom here on this earth where he would sit and he would dictate to us what we should do. So when I read parts of the story today to you, I personalized it. I want to personalize it today for everyone. Where are you at in this story? Are some of your questions about wonder answered today? One thing that I don't wonder about, and a lot of you here in this congregation do not wonder about, is how the baby Jesus impacted your world. You know that he came to the world, and you put your trust and your faith in him. I don't wonder where my relationship with God is. But you might. Somebody here might be wondering what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. It's pretty simple. I threw a card out on all the chairs this morning, and I want everybody to fill this out. It's a way for us as a church to update your address and your email, and if we don't have it, then we get it from you. I want everybody to fill that out. And then at the bottom, there's a couple of questions. One of them says, yes. I said yes to Jesus for the first time. If you haven't said yes to Jesus, in a moment I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I invite you to say yes to him, because he's speaking right now to you. And maybe you're, you're there, but you're going, I still got questions. I still wonder. Check that box. At the end of the service, the ushers are going to be at the doors. You just throw it in there. But if you are hearing the voice of Jesus for the first time today, and he's speaking to you, and, and you know you don't have a relationship with him, And you know there's more to this Christmas story than just reading a famous story that was written a long time ago that somehow is true. But you've never personalized this story. You've never taken it personally and said, this is the Jesus that I want to have a relationship with for the rest of my life that has plans and dreams for me that I want to hear and I want to see revealed. I want to invite you to join me in a small prayer. Everybody... Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you'd like to say yes to Jesus today, it's as simple as telling him that. You can follow along with me in a prayer, or you can just tell him in your own way. But if you want, just follow me and say, Jesus, I understand that there's more to this story than just a story. And I understand that you came to this earth to establish a relationship with me. And I desire to have that relationship with you. Fill my heart today. I long to be a child of yours. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to write that check that box yes today. I'd love to get to know you a little more. I'd love to get you started on your journey of life as a Christian. 
But today and tomorrow and over the next couple of days, I want you to just take a moment to wonder. Not worry, but wonder. Wonder at the anticipation of what does God have for me in his plan. Because I know he does. Let me just pray for us as we're dismissed. Lord, thank you for the opportunity today to hear from your word. Thank you for this story that never gets old. It never gets old, Lord. We want to hear it again and again and again. We want to read it to our kids. We want to live it out. Lord, help us today to personalize it and put ourselves in this story. What are you saying to me today, Lord? It's not just about a good story. It's not just about a feel-good event. It's you reaching down to us and revealing yourself to us. Emmanuel, God with us. Bless us today as we go from here. Protect us, Lord, from the struggles and difficulties in life that can so easily come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go and wonder.